Yes. All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome to or welcome back to uh, Tuesday Bro Newsday. You know, it used to be a live call-in show and it used to be called Tuesday Bro Tuesday, but none of that much matters anymore because what we do nowadays is we sort of unpack some news that's been going on, you know, as it relates to the world of vaping, tobacco, tobacco control, cigarettes, nicotine, uh, harm reduction, tobacco harm reduction, policy, and the such as. Uh, freedom guy, first and foremost, I always want to say that at the beginning of every Tuesday, Bro Newsday. I'm a freedom guy. I'm a registered libertarian. So that's the lens that uh, well, all of this news is going to get viewed through. And I'm joined nowadays by our resident fact checker, subject matter expert. It's Danielle Jones. Hi, Danielle Jones. Hello. How are you doing? How's your Thanksgiving? What'd you guys do for Thanksgiving? Anything fun? Oh my God. So many carbs. So many carbs. Give me the carbs. Put them in my face. It was a carb vacation. It was a carbcation. So you had a carbcation for Thanksgiving. Basically. Yeah. See, that's spectacular. Um, We don't have a kitchen, so we couldn't cook anything or do any fun Thanksgiving stuffs. And oh, we didn't cook. It was all all, yeah, all to all all delivery. And so what we realized as the as Thanksgiving's going on and on, we're thinking, all right, we'll get Chinese food tonight. That'll be great. Turns out there's no Chinese restaurants open on Thanksgiving in Los in the whole of Los Angeles. Same here. We went Ridiculous. the day before. Oh. We had to go the day before oh. and stick it in the fridge. That's what we did. Oh, see, all of our options got slowly taken away over the course of the day. It's like, no, no, no Chinese food. Okay, shit. What about sushi? All right, yeah, let's do sushi. That sounds great. Oh, no sushi open? Nope. Okay, shit. Nope. All right, well, let's just, uh, we'll, we're in California. Let's get some In-N-Out Thanksgiving, you know? In-N-Out, nope. not, not open on Thanksgiving. Our only option uh, uh, was McDonald's, and we feasted uh, like Americans on McDonald's. I so mean, that's how. <laughs> that's how not? that thanks. I know. I felt the same way. I was like, "Why not? It doesn't matter. No, Who cares?" I I would have been you, except my husband is smarter than me, and he was like, "Bro, they may not be open." And I was like, "They'll be open." And he They'll was be like, "Open." You should probably call though. And I was like. <laughs> <gasps> so I called. <laughs> Fine. Fine. I called, and they're like, "We're not open." And I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, <gasps> he was right. So he saved me because I would have been distraught if I couldn't. If I'd been, I've been like waiting a month for this Chinese food. Like, yeah, been thinking about it and yeah. planning it exactly yeah. what I'm gonna eat. Thinking and about the day of thinking about how you're gonna eat it. You know, like, mm-hmm. well, I might start with some of that sweet and sour chicken. I might start mm-hmm. there. You know, you plan mm-hmm. it out. Yeah, it's a oh, good yeah. thing. <laughs> No, so we went the day before. I basically ordered it lunchtime the day before, picked it up, and then stuck it in the fridge. And you kept and it, it was... in your fridge, and then you ate it the next day. See, that's that's smart. That's smart. It's, it's all it's all Josh. Well, we it's had brilliant. some very non-traditional uh, Thanksgivings over here, but that's okay. Um, still, still, still a weird year, regardless. Twenty twenty Thanksgiving. I was kind of expecting it to just be a weird Thanksgiving. And that's yeah. fine, but but we're at where we're at, you know. Let's talk about some, uh, let's talk about some news. As Philip DeFranco says, let's just jump into this. So uh, first of all, thank you guys. Uh, appreciate you guys coming out, hanging out, do some uh, vape news and advocacy together. It just just feels good. Warms my heart to see all you people here in the chat tonight. Warms my damn heart. So we got a few things that we're going to be talking about tonight. Uh, we're going to be touching a little bit on the CDC. Some data uh, that they have released, which 
it's a little bit weird. I don't expect a lot of like straightforward, accurate uh, messaging from CDC. Instead, what we get is weird arbitrary numbers that don't really make any sense. What we get is percentages of percentages of percentages. And that's just confusing. And they use a lot of weird weasel words. They use some weasel words. It's all very interesting. We're going to talk a little bit about the FDA. Uh, we're going to take a little tour of the new CASA website, you guys, in just a second. Awesome. The CASA update. Danielle, Jean, look at her just smiling. Just. <laughs> you guys have been working on it for like six months okay there's a brand new casada website we're going to take a little tour of it turned out awesome um we've got some criticisms obviously of the cdc we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the truth initiative because why not they've uh interjected themselves into the world of harm reduction for some reason and uh we're just going to talk about the truth initiative mostly their hypocrisy is astounding their cash flow is whoa Whoa, cash flow, truth initiative. Yep. Why? Whoa. I mean, when we talk about disrupting revenue streams, you know, the truth initiative in their billions of dollars, it's bananas. It's bananas. I had no idea. So we're going to talk about the truth initiative, their little, their tweet about animals against Jewel on Twitter, and they're just being so cute and interviewing rats and things like this. Um, all of it, it's all very, uh, it's all a rich tapestry of uh, hypocrisy and misinformation. I just love the crap out of it. So we're going to talk about that. But uh, Light Bear, I see you there. Appreciate you, Light Bear. Appreciate you, Rising Phoenix. Um, first thing I'm going to throw out there today, I throw it out there constantly every time. You've seen it a billion times. It's it's the Veritas. It's the cohort study. This is a big vape study being done. If you can be a part of this study, you should really try to be a part of this study. This is limited to current vapors. So you currently vape, but you have only smoked 50 packs of cigarettes. That's it. Less than 1,000 cigarettes total, but you're a current vapor. You can be part of this study. You know, less than 1,000 cigarettes, that doesn't even make you a smoker anymore, from what I understand at, this, <laughs> at the CDC. We'll yeah, we'll get to that in a second. It's kind of crazy. So, yeah, uh, Veritas cohort study, uh, it's a thing. It's a damn thing that's out there, and I'd appreciate you guys checking it out. I'm going to throw this out there as well, like we have been since July. It's the Protect Vape Mail. It's the CASA. Call to action. It's S1253, and we're trying to do the CASA call to action to take this son bitch down. It's got a 40-something, 40 42% chance of passing, uh, according to GovTrack. And I feel like, again, I'll just say it. How many times have I said this? I feel like that's something we can easily uh, squash. You know, uh, squash. Take that vape mail. It's it's the dumbest. Uh, it's some of the dumbest legislation that exists. So... Let's all do that call to action. You know, go through the rotation. Call and mail and then call to action. And then call them and then email and then do the call to action. Maybe send them a snail mail too. Postcard. Yeah, just send them a postcard. Send yeah. them a Christmas card. Just, just send do a, it. Send, <laughs> send Congress a Christmas card urging them or, to reject S-1253. Or, or a holiday card. Yeah, holiday will. card, I'm, I'm sure. I'm going to be inclusive here. Sure, uh, whatever uh, you celebrate. A, a holiday card. Sure, if you celebrate, uh, you know, Saturnalia around this time of year, then send them a, a Saturnalia card if you worship mm -hmm. the god Saturn. And then that's mm -hmm. what you're celebrating around this time of year. Send them whatever. 
do the call to action. And in fact, it's not just this call to action that we're so impressed with right now. It's a brand new, what? This is a, wait, oh, wait, hang on. There's a little dangle clack happening here and that's okay. Uh, nope, it's not that one. No, nope. we're gonna go this one. There we go. This is the brand new CASA website. So this is the landing page for the call to action for S1253 for the vape mail ban. And as you can see, it's already different. Do you already notice it's different, different fonts, different clean lettering, different CASA swirly logo in the corner that got updated. Yeah, finally got update <laughs> finally got updated but this is the brand new Casa website in fact on here on the vape mail bill they Danielle I'm just gonna call you out by name I'm not gonna say they I'm not gonna say Casa did that because it was it was just it was really just Danielle Jones not a hundred percent Danielle Jones but I, the I majority was Danielle Jones but yeah I came up with the design for it yes you came up okay that's we got a new CASA website, and what they've added here is the current status of the bill. And I think this is fantastic. You don't have to go to different websites now and, and see it on congress.gov and then track it on govtrack.org. It's all right here. It's all on CASA.org. It has, here's the bill's been introduced. It's passed the Senate. Hasn't got to the House yet. Hasn't been signed by the president. Take action now. This is a great new call to action sort of landing page. Are you going to try to include these like current statuses on other uh, bills making, you know, maybe making their way through the, through the system? Can you have that current status on there? Yeah. Like anything that's, that has a call to action, that's an actual bill, like some of the, you know, the um, local like ordinances don't uh -huh. work this way but anything that's going through the formal legislative process whether it's at the state level or the federal level okay will have one of these so oh, we can sick. always see you know sick. and then if you if you want a more detailed drill down there's a little toggle gray bar right under the status bar and if or right above it i'm not mm -hmm. looking at it right now if you tap that that will give you alex's like you know, updates that he types in. So like on this day, here's what happened. And on this oh, day, right, so you right. can see the history of like I gotcha. what's been going on. Oh, yeah. There's a little uh, updates in history right here. You can see this expands. Boop. And you can see, oh, yeah. Uh, the latest update was 8-2020. But it was incremental before that. You know, month before, yep. month before, a few days before. All the updates, where this has gone. 3,000 messages to Congress. CASA members sent more than 3,000 messages to Congress. See, that's cool. Like, that's stuff that we don't normally... That's information we don't normally have access to, like information that we're not normally privy to. You know, I put the CASA call to actions out there as much as I can, but I personally never get to see how many people did it. 3,000. Yep. yep. And so that's all included now on the CASA.org website. In fact, let's just go to the main... Let's just go to the main page here. Let's just... Check out this beautiful, look at how slick that is. Casa.org shifting pan, and it scales too. When you scale the website, it'll scale. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, it does. It is mobile responsive, ladies and gentlemen. Mobile responsive, protecting your access to smoke-free alternatives so you can become a member. Click right here. You have these you know, panels on the side, these slides over here. There's calls to actions. There's COVID-19 right on the front. What vapors need to know? What else? What is vaping and what is it used for? Information. And this website 
you know, previously when I would go to the CASA website, it was just to find calls to actions and that was it. I didn't click around uh, on any other things or read other mm -hmm. things or see other things. It was like you go to the CASA page for calls to action, but this new CASA website is really, really robust as far as the information and, and education that's here. And, you know, I feel like it's really going to be a really helpful thing. Um, got a dope picture of Turk here just being a boss, talking about cigarette smoking. That's fantastic. Harm reduction sits at the intersection between public health and human rights. Yes, 100%. So you go down, you can get involved. They have... Uh, our information library right here. We're gonna come. I'm gonna jump back to this information library because this is spectacular. But it continues down. It gives you some some smoking stats. You know, every six seconds a person dies from a smoking related disease. Every six seconds. I didn't know that before Casal. Lots of good information here. Uh, and then there's a quote here from that Progressive Policy Institute that we talked about on Tuesday, Bro Newsday. We found the sharp yep. increase in e-cigarette use across many groups can explain as much as 70% of the accelerating decline in smoking rates. And that's from, like I said, Progressive Policy, which we shared. Um, testimonials, that's always been a big thing for CASA. CASA yes. has been collecting testimonials for nine, ten years now, I imagine. Like forever basically. yeah i feel like it's been forever like as long as i've been vaping and uh so there's testimonials there's some on the front page here you can read twelve thousand testimonials from different people you can submit testimonials as well to the casa web page yeah the testimonials project page got an overhaul um testimonials project oh let's look at the testimonials project. okay wait hang on i can't too many tabs you know too many tabs uh, facts yeah. and myths as well here. Like I said, CASA, it's getting real robust with the information that they have here. It's not just a check the calls to action website anymore. It's a, you want to learn about popcorn lung? Here's where you can do it. You want to learn about Evoli? Here's where you do it. You want to, maybe you're interested, maybe a, maybe a pave mom or Aaron Mills pops over here and says, gateway theory, what? And then you can... Yep click this little gateway theory thing and read all about it. And it's not just some, look at this. It's not just a little nothing thing here. This is, this is big. This is, you know, this is the gateway effect. It's talking about youth usage and it's got the national youth tobacco survey data on it mm -hmm. and other youth data and vaping and nicotine misconceptions. Um, really very, uh, really very cool. And then of course, uh, you know, they, they can't do it without the support. And so because today is what's today? What's it giving called? Tuesday giving. I'm not super familiar with the concept of giving Tuesday. Do you want to explain that? Yeah. 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 So we've as as many of us know, right, we have Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. which is not always on a Thursday. Then yeah. we've got Black Friday. Yeah, we've got small business Saturday. I don't think they've made a name for Sunday. You've got Cyber Monday. And then all the, the nonprofit world kind of jumped onto this sort of, you know, traditionally commerce related sure. time of year sure. and created what's called Giving Tuesday. So the Tuesday after Thanksgiving um, every year is the day where ideally after you've like gotten all your great deals on Black Friday and Cyber Monday and done all that stuff, you mm -hmm. dedicate a day to nonprofits um, and you give you give a little you give on, you, you bought a lot. 
the previous days. Yeah. And then on Tuesday, together we give. You give. You give so back. You pick your favorite cause or foundation or nonprofit. And ideally you try to, you know, throw anything you can to support them basically. And so we are participating in that this year. Yeah. Um, Cause we are a nonprofit. We are a 501 C four, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and yeah, we just wanted to, to get into the spirit. We're probably going to going forward, you know, cause has not traditionally been all that great about, being like donation could you donate please yeah. like yeah. pretty please like we haven't been super we're like, alex needs bills. dinner alex needs I, groceries i mean you know we do need a, we have a small you know budget for for a nonprofit. like nothing compared to you know some of these other ones you hear about it's yeah it's you know modest but we do need you know to pay bills like we yeah. have things that we have to pay for in order to stay alive one of them being alex one of them being an accountant one of them being you know the advocacy platform that we use which is new by the way on the new site um, well, we're gonna get there and so yeah basically we're probably gonna going forward have to you know do like one or two fundraisers a year i know sure, nobody sure. loves that kind of stuff but like wikipedia does it and npr yeah, does, does it, it. you know look so i've given we, money to wikipedia on multiple I mean, me occasions. Too. They get me with their emails. I they know every get time. Me with and their emails. They always do that like if you enjoy using Wikipedia, then right. donate and I'm like, I use Wikipedia like every like day. All the time. <laughs> like multiple times every single day. Sure. The least I could do is float you twenty bucks to keep Wikipedia afloat. So right. speaking of giving Tuesday and uh giving money to Casa. They have this new sort of, how do you want to explain this? So we we're using a new, it's an advocacy platform, but platform. it has, yeah, multiple features. So it's how we're running our calls to action now. If you notice on the call to action page, you actually don't have to leave our website anymore to participate in the calls to action. Previously, right. you'd like click a button and it would take you to this site if you paid attention called like Voter Voice and you would you know, yep, fill stuff yep. out on there. We're yep. using a different platform now that allows us to embed the forms directly in the site. So it's so fast and easy. Same yes. thing with donating. Um, and it also has additional features like what you're showing right now, which is actually we have the ability yes. to allow people to create their own page kind of like a gofundme to collect donations for us so if yeah. you want to you know create the grim army let's donate to casa you know fundraiser page yeah and you can see it's it's a lot like a gofundme page except there's no middleman so we get the donations directly it's glorious yes um, no middleman no, and that's yeah. important because it all goes to casa and so i set up I, I, I'm in the first one apparently to do this, but I set up a little uh, sort of crowdfundy page. This is the Grim Green Casa donation page. Uh, just, it's got a picture. It's got my little blurb that I wrote. I wrote all this down here and uh, I just picked a goal. I was like, let's try to raise a thousand bucks. So this is the link that I'll be sharing, you know, moving forward whenever we're talking about Casa or donating any money to Casa or you know, funding CASA so that the doors can stay open and the lights can stay on so that they can continue to be in the corner of the consumer during all of this. This is the link. Uh, this is the link that I'm going to be sharing. I posted a link in the description here. I'm going to put, I'm going to post it again. I'm just going to paste it again. Boosh right there. Um, yeah. So, and literally anything helps. This is one of those things where I feel like yes. if you got a buck, yep. I'm sure CASA would benefit 
greatly from a buck. You got we five bucks. We could use your dollar. Yeah, one dollar, five dollars. Uh, it helps. I the last time we did a Casa fundraiser thing, I just turned on like you know the auto uh, the auto donatey things. So it's like ten bucks a month. Mm-hmm. The you know, recurring donations. Yeah, yeah, recurring donations, ten bucks a month. I barely even notice it, uh, and Casa gets you know it's more helpful to me. I mean, it's more helpful right. to Casa than it is to me. I'm going to take right. that 10 bucks and it's going to, you know, whatever, McDonald's, right? For Thanksgiving. Right. Right, but Casa right, right. can actually utilize that $10 in a meaningful way. Uh, and you'll be supporting vape advocacy. You're going to be supporting vape education, harm reduction. It's it's nothing but good things. It's nothing but good things. And exactly. so now... If we go and we back can take over here, credit cards directly on the site now. Before it was like all PayPal, and I know some right. people have some mixed feelings about PayPal. I don't blame you. Yeah. So yeah. you have options now. You can just go straight up credit card, or you can still go through PayPal if you want to. Yep, you still can. Either way, uh, and and it works great. Uh, who did I see in the chat there? Is that uh, Bearded Viking? Bearded Vikings in the house. What's up, Bearded Viking? Thank you for being here, bro. Let's look at the site again though, because it's just so cool. Let's go to this. This review the data is some of the coolest stuff ever. This is essentially a much more in-depth, you know, fleshed out idea like that I was trying to do on grimgreen.com. I was like, just post a bunch of links, you know, whatever. There's no order. There's no categories. It's just links. But Casa has actually taken it a step further and sort of, like organized it and made it really easy to navigate. Yeah. Yeah. I I wanted to, this is my little pet project and I wanted to, it was inspired by like what you had on your site and Google docs that people have been like keeping and sharing. And essentially this is uh, ideally, and we're still building it. So, you know, please check back because we're going to keep updating it, but it's essentially a big collection um, for this page of all of the, you know, studies that we want to share with people. Essentially it's, there's a mm-hmm. scientific, you know, journals, articles, and studies section. And there's also like a news media section. So for example, if you're arguing on, on Twitter with somebody and they're like, mama, Ivali, you can jump to the Ivali section Boop, and Ivali, send the right link there. Here's a study. Here's a study, bro. Like, or here's a, here's yep. a news article or, you know, it's a, it's a big resource. And I really, you know, I organized it by topic. Like I said, there's two main categories, science versus news, and then subtopics, harm reduction, smoking cessation. And we're going to keep adding. There's a highlighted, you know, section, that teal section at the top that's like the most popular ones, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. physicians and mm-hmm. like the ones that people really like to share. But yeah, this is a new tool. Uh, we are soon going to be adding um, hopefully a little section for each one that has like a summary. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be like Casas quick little like, here's what this is about. And here's what it says type, you know, that uh, like the layman's terms, you know, little translation of that. Sure. Uh, that'll be coming soon. But sure. yeah, I'm so proud of this page. I've been like working on it, uh, you know, as- assembling things for a while. Yeah. I mean, it looks great really very easy to navigate and you have everything on the top here smoking cessation harm reduction flavors so if you click on the flavors it'll zap you down here to flavors where we have you know associations of flavored e-cigarette uptake with subsequent smoking initiation and cessation study that's Mm -hmm. just readily available right there I think this is fantastic and it covers so many I mean literally everything that we're dealing with right now with flavors and youth use and Ivali and, you know, this, that, and the other. And it's all on here. And it's all 
really helpful. And it's funny because I'm going through these links and I recognize like the majority of these titles. I'm like, oh, wait, that, I have that bookmarked. I have that bookmarked. I, mm-hmm. Holy shit. I have that bookmarked. Great. Awesome. Awesome. I made a page of bookmarks for you. So you don't have <laughs> yeah. to have 20 tabs open. I know. That's really more or less what this is. Um, but it's fantastic. So much information, so many resources um, covering all, all sorts of topics. It's not just calls to actions. It's education. It's information. It's resources. It's an information and research library mm-hmm. available to you for zero from CASA. You can join uh, become a member, follow the calls to actions. You can donate. I mean, CASA really is our grassroots, you know, organization. As far as oh, consumers yeah. go, this is it. Mm-hmm. This is what we got. We got CASA and we support CASA and we make sure that they keep going. And, you know, this is, I think this is proof or, you know, the fruits of the labor, as they say, like people say, well, I donate money to Casa. Where, where, where'd my ten dollars go? It's like, well, look, we got a new website. You know, here's yeah, here's exactly. where some and of that's going. Yeah, a lot of that was just me volunteering my time to build it. Yeah. So, <laughs> FYI, I work for free. So, uh, <laughs> all the board the board is all volunteer. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, what we what we wanted on here was definitely also because a lot of this information, I won't lie, was on the old website, mm-hmm. but you know, the website was old, basically. Um, Yeah, it was, it was outdated. And there was a lot of like stuff in there, basically. And so what we did is we actually sat down and worked up like a new user interface, essentially, like, how would we call this and streamline it so you can actually find the things like, so it's not a room like full of books everywhere, and you don't even know where to start. It's like, here, start here. And like, it kind of guides you through, you Mm -hmm. know, the different stuff. And we have like, resources and we have you know all this stuff and i know sometimes people get a little confused about like well, what exactly is casa you know we've got a page that completely outlines that you know what i mean like we we're a consumer advocacy group um and so we're you know we're not necessarily the the group that's going to file the lawsuits right i know right. people love lawsuits and they're real sexy but yeah. the thing you have to understand about a lawsuit is that as a consumer organization lawsuits do depending on the lawsuit they tend to do better when you can show things like damages and sure, industry sure, is sure. much better equipped to do a lawsuit that shows damages right lost revenue issues with employees, like different things like that. So a lot of those kinds of lawsuits have to come from industry. Mm-hmm. So that's not really what CASA does. I know right. a lot of people like that, but that's not really our role. Our role is to keep an eye on the country as much as we can yep. and alert you guys to when there is legislation or ordinances or bills <laughs> or whatever it is that are going to affect your right to vape, to let, to educate you on what it is, where it's going, who you need to contact, and how you can stand up for your rights. Like that is our primary mission is to empower you yep. to protect your rights. Like that's what I really want people to to understand because they're like, well, you don't do any lawsuits. No, that's yeah, like, that's, well, not, that's not our that's not, not what we're designed for. Uh, yeah, that's not what we do. Yeah. It says a consumer advocacy nonprofit organization, Casa's work is dedicated to empowering consumers and representing their interests in various legislative policy making and rule making arenas. And that's, look, the consumers are the primary driver of vaping and it's important to have a consumer focused group 
in my opinion, that's mm-hmm. very critical because you have different <clears throat> organizations that represent different things. And, right. you know, uh, the VTA, while they're doing uh, whatever this lawsuit in Florida or, you know, talking to this governor in this state, they are representing industry folks. The not necessarily the that. businesses, right. right? Not necessarily you, right? Ret falls right. as a consumer, or you, right. Billy, as a consumer. Kassab represents times, you. You know those values are aligned, but occasionally they're not. Right? Sure, so sure. A good example would be Tobacco Twenty One, for example. So, industry companies, by and large, were like, you know what, Tobacco Twenty One, okay, we're gonna do it. Like it's it's cool. There wasn't a ton of opposition. But Kassaw's role as representing the consumers who are 19, 20, and, you know, years old, we did oppose that because that directly affected consumers. While maybe businesses, yes, they'd lose out on a little bit of money, but they were kind of worth, it was worth it to them to just kind of okay to that sort of thing. Right. You know, that's an, that's an example of where, you know, a consumer org would say, no, we're not okay with that because that hurts consumers. But a business might be like, you know what? We can take that hit. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there are some differences there. And it's important to understand that if you're a consumer, you really want to be a part of a consumer organization. If you're Absolutely. a business, I mean, Absolutely. be part of both, you know, cause you probably are both, Yeah. but there's just that, that understanding, you know what yeah. I mean? That, yeah, definitely. Dolphinately, what we do. There you go. So this is the new Casa website. It's spectacular. Well, hang on, I don't have my uh, my cheering. Where'd my where'd my cheering go for da- there? Danielle Jones and the new Casa website. So go there, do it, utilize it, read, send it to people, send it to your friends, send it to your families, send it to uh, your governor. I don't know. Send it to Joe Biden. Send it to Secretary Azar. Everybody. To everybody. Just everybody. Just send it Scott, to everybody. Vivek Murphy. Yeah. Let's send it to our old Surgeon General Vivek Murphy as well. Yeah. So that's the new Casa website. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, huge shout out to Danielle Jones, obviously, and Casa for getting this all done. Uh, I like, you know, Casa. Casa and our whole, you know, this is something we talked about, but we need to grow and evolve and adapt, you know? And so part of this new Casa website is part of that adapting to, you know, the more modern, whatever. I sound like such a boomer right now. Adapting to that new social media, you know, campaign that all those kids are doing on their Instagrams. And that's what I sound like. But it's true. Like we have to update Casa for the 20th century, for the 21st century. And uh, this new website is a big leap forward in doing that. So thank you, Danielle Jones. I think this is going to be continue. I think it's going to continue to be a great resource uh, for vapors and harm reduction advocates. Casa.org, you guys. Casa.org. Check it out. Don't even trip. I'll have links all over the place. Now, before we get to CDC and before we get to the Truth Initiative, I just wanted to share some news. Uh, any Canadians in the house tonight? I think I saw PSS here. I, I, I think she's. I think she's in Canada. I don't know if you're anywhere near Nova Scotia, but let me tell you about Nova Scotia. <laughs> so, here's the big headline on this article: As expected, Nova Scotia flavor ban is increasing smoking rates. Well, 
Well, golly gee. Surprise, who, yeah. surprise. Shocking. I am shocked. My ears are shocked at this news. Nova Scotia became the only Canadian province to ban the sale of flavored nicotine products this past April. The ban is having some unintended but expected consequences. Uh, I'm reading to you today from vapendaily.com. Since the ban took a, a, a new study commissioned by the Atlantic Convenience Store Association showed more people are buying combustible cigarettes. What? That's the opposite of what we want to happen, damn it. Since the ban took effect this past spring, the data gathered by the association shows a 29% increase in the sale of cigarettes. This increase is notable as before the ban took effect, sales of combustible cigarettes were on the decline or holding steady. Is the ban responsible for this increase in cigarette sales? Well, I don't want to spoil it for you, but uh, yeah, definitely. So the reason for this ban is... Nova Scotia, Canada. They didn't have any... Ivali didn't get to Canada, from what I understand. But it was they, primarily United States. It was a primarily a United States thing. But it says here, although there were no reported cases in Nova Scotia, the government still felt it was necessary to act following Ivali. Like most flavor bans, uh, the impetus was a rise in the recent... Uh, in a recent years of teenage vaping. So they used Ivali and teenage vaping to roll out this flavor ban in Nova Scotia. Despite having no cases of Ivali, they still used Ivali. That's crazy to me. They still used Ivali to ban flavors. Yep. Well, the government cited data that showed an increase in teenage vaping as well as smoking between 2017 and 2018. The government also cited a survey of Nova Scotian high school students. Now, these statistics, which, as we've discussed and established, statistics don't don't mean a whole lot. You don't put a whole lot of uh, faith and weight in statistics. But these statistics seem, and they point this out in the article, they seem just tailor-made to motivate lawmakers to impose a flavor ban. 37% of high school students said they tried vaping or smoking at least once. That's a, that's a lot. 95% of teenage vapers in Nova Scotia preferred flavors. So that's a really confusing, disingenuous way to say that. 95% of teenage vapers, but we don't know what the we don't know what the base numbers are. We don't know what that 95% represents as a number of people. It just sounds like a high number. Right. 95% of teenage vapors in Nova Scotia said they preferred flavors. 48% of teenage vapors said they would quit if flavors were banned. That just seems so perfect, doesn't it? Oh, they'll quit. They said if flavors are banned, then they'll quit. And that just gives lawmakers motivation to go look. The teenagers said they'd quit if flavors were banned. Doesn't that feel like way too perfect of a statistic? <laughs> we'll, oh, we'll quit if there's no flavors. Oh, well, then let's ban flavors. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> the last statistics seem tailor-made to motivate lawmakers to impose a flavor ban and impose they did. That survey was conducted by none other than Smoke-Free Nova Scotia, who was a driving force uh, behind getting the ban implemented. Only now, 
smoke-free Nova Scotia, and other public health officials that called for the ban are being put on the back foot as new data shows that the ban has harmed adult vapors. So we can kind of venture to guess here what the unintended consequences of this flavor ban were in, no in Nova Scotia. Those who were behind the ban in Nova Scotia uh, need only have looked at what happened in other places where flavors were banned. They would have seen the writing on the wall. San Francisco, and this is something we've talked about in the past, San Francisco and other Californian cities were among the first cities to ban all flavors. But studies conducted afterward showed that while e-cigarette use did drop, smoking rates rose. I mean, even looking at that, you can't deny that vaping is displacing smoking. If you take away vaping and smoking rates go back up or you make vaping more available and smoking rates go back down, down. hi. Hi, doesn't take a rocket surgeon to see that correlation right there. And sure, it's just a correlation. It's not empirical science and, and data, and I get it, and causation, and yes, I get it. But you can see when vaping is limited, smoking rises. To me, that's, uh, that's pretty, pretty cut and dry. Uh, they go on to say, talk about in Nova Scotia, and this happened in San Francisco, California as well. Um, most people were still able to, ban to buy banned-flavored vapor products from the black market. It didn't it didn't uh, stop people from getting flavored vaping um, despite the ban. And it didn't stop people from vaping in general. They were still able to get vaping products, only now they're getting them from the black market, which is, you know, unregulated, doesn't check for IDs. The study looked at... Okay, so this is going on to... This is a study that was released in 2020 showing that vaping flavor... Flavoring vapor... Okay. Okay, flavored vaping products had had a positive effect on adult smokers. Good Lord, learn how to read. Uh, this study looked at data from the Population Assessment of Tobacco Health Study and found that flavors were responsible for initiating adults into vaping, but not young people. The study discounted the popular theory that flavors attract young people and found that young people who begin vaping were already smoking. Flavors attract older smokers way more than younger smokers, and flavors are associated with higher cessation rates, almost twice as much among adult smokers compared to people who only use tobacco flavors. Unsurprisingly, the federal flavor ban has led to an increase in smoking across the country along with the restrictions in place because of the quarantine. The bans continue to spread as more states in the U.S. go forward or scale back bans that were put in place during the Evoli outbreak. There was pushback against the NS Nova Scotia flavor ban as well. Many vapors and small business owners asked that the government instead place a tax on high nicotine devices like the pre-filled pods of the Jewel, which are more popular among young people, rather than banning all flavors outright. The government has signaled that it might rescind the ban and go forward with a more common sense approach. But for now, the ban is still in place. Nova Scotia, ban in all flavors as of April. Smoking's on the rise. So if you're a smoker, head up to Nova Scotia. You can just, you just smoke, just smoke like crazy there. You can't get any vapor products or flavored vapor products. You know, the vapor products that actually work for people. But you can 
smoke. So Nova Scotia, who knew? I'll throw a link down the description to anybody in uh, the Nova Scotia area. Good night to you. Good evening to you, Alan. Appreciate you. Anybody in Canada or Nova Scotia? Uh, I don't know if there's a Canadian advocacy organization uh, any or anything like CASA for Canadians. I don't know. That's just to. a big question mark. I personally am not great on. I don't. Yeah. Foreign. I've, I have a hard <laughs> enough time keeping track of the United States. You yep. know what I'm saying? Yep. A hundred percent. So ask, ask Alex on Twitter. I feel like, well, know. yeah, we'll ask. Yeah. We'll ask Alex on Twitter. And you know, the author said that the government has said that they might change this ban and, and, you know, come at it at a different approach, but that's just kind of, uh, you know, that's what politicians do. They like, they like to talk. And while they talk, the ban that they already put into place remains in place. So they can talk all they want about, Oh, maybe we should, do this but you know the government moves at a snail's pace so probably get glacial. done glacial pace in the next five to ten years maybe something like that but for now this ban it, it works it's good enough it's good enough crazy what's going on in canada crazy what's going on in nova scotia like i said i'll have a link down the description uh read this share it around in fact while i was here i clicked around a little bit on the vaping daily website it's a website i'm not familiar with seemed pretty cool and it covers uh all all vaporizers it's called vaping daily but it's not just a liquid nicotine type of uh organization they do all sorts of dry herb vaporizers and uh packs three and distillate and uh and other vaping things like that but it's a pretty cool website and i'll post a link down in the description to where you can check that out and uh it's just one of those things that this is important to keep on hand because when we hear about more flavor bands moving forward, we now have some evidence, at least in multiple cities now, where they ban flavored vaping and smoking rates go up. And I feel like this could be a a good thing, you know, to bring up with uh, governors and lawmakers in states when they say, I know you guys want to ban flavors, but they banned flavors in San Francisco and all that did was help cigarette sales. So take that information, you know. <laughs> We've seen it with taxes too. And there's a taxes section yeah. on the CASAS information library. Oh. that has those articles that talk about that kind of stuff. So. Oh, does it really? Mm-hmm. If you go does to the taxes really? section. Education. Let's click on there. Jeez, what a slow website. I'm just kidding. <gasps> I know. I'm Look, I'm just kidding. Let's skip down here. Let's review some data. Let's see what it says here about taxes. Yep, taxes. There you go. Risking, yeah. Yep, rising popularity of vaping blame for the drop in West Virginia's tobacco settlement payment. That's yeah, a good article. Mm -hmm. Yep, taxes. What if vaping tax encouraged cigarette smoking from the New York Times? Yeah, I've read that. And it's a pretty, I mean, it's a pretty cut and dry thing to me. Mm -hmm. But nobody, they don't, they don't, are they not just thinking ahead? Are they... This will be fine. Like, I can't imagine them just going, well, there's going to be all these unintended consequences and them just going, nope, this will no, work. They have two tools in their toolbox and that's all that they're trained on how to use, which yes. is taxing and banning. Those yep. are their two tools. Yep, tax and uh, ban. 
perhaps you could argue misinformation is also a tool, but that's yes. kind of a newer thing. But well, and they see, just go to those tools because they're I think they're too afraid to try anything else. You know, they're not updating and moving with the times and understanding mm, about harm mm, reduction. Like, mm. you know, people in drug even people in drug policy still have a difficult time with this and decriminalization and things like that. But yeah. it's like they they just they only have two tools and they're just like, Well, we're just gonna grab one of these and that's what we do. Yes. Yeah. We got two tools. Well, and see, they use the information, the misinformation. It's like a, it's another tool, but they use the misinformation in order to pass the bans. You know, they use the misinformation in order to pass a flavor ban or to pass these taxes by saying, well, you know, the CDC says this many 9.3% of kids that vape all use flavors. So let's ban those flavors. Right. What's that actual number? Oh, we're not going to tell you. No, we're not going to tell you. No, it's a percentage of a percentage. It's of a percentage, percentage of a percentage. Sounds high. And see, that's what we're going to get into next. We're going to, everybody hanging in there? Let's do a, uh, I see some super chats come in. I think I'll read, like, I think there were a few super chat. One super chat. There. Oh, Christopher just came in. Okay, here we go. Christopher Murdoch has some information for us. Canadianvapingassociation.org. That's it. I'll put a link in the description. This is the Canadian Vaping Association.org. So maybe they're on top of this uh, Nova Scotia ban. Not really sure how it works up there in wacky Canada. I don't know if Nova Scotia is beholden to, I don't know. I, I don't know what, yeah, the queen. <laughs> I don't know. The, yeah, the, the queen. The Queen of Americans England. Americans get so confused. I don't know. When we yeah, start talking about royalty. We're like, yeah, what? royalty what? and monarchs and what? MPs Canadian and Parliament. What? Yeah, MPs. <laughs> the it's, so it's cv. It's the cva.org. Super easy to remember if you're in Canada. The cva.org. There's your there's your Canadian uh, there's your Canadian vape group, advocacy group, the Vaping Association. All right, cool. Oh, very cool. <sighs> Commonwealth. Yeah, there's another word we never hear in the United States. Oh, we Commonwealth. have some of those, though. Some Do we have states, a Commonwealth? Yeah, some of the states, if I'm not, if I'm rem- remembering correctly, their, like, full formal name is, like, the Commonwealth of Virginia. Oh, yeah. Something. I think that's, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's true. I think some of the states have, like, you know, their full name that we don't ever use. We just use sure. their name. Yeah. yeah. The Commonwealth. Yeah, I could see that. I think it's, like, the the Commonwealth of Virginia or something like that. See, like I'm going to need to read into know. this. Like, what's the difference between a state and a Commonwealth? Let's Google it. I don't even know. I don't know what the difference is between a state and a Commonwealth. Ooh, are you ready? Yeah. There are four states in the United States that call themselves Commonwealths. Oh. Kentucky. Okay. Massachusetts. Yes. Pennsylvania. And go. ding, 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 Virginia. Virginia. The distinction is in name alone. Oh. The commonwealths are just like any other state in their politics and laws, and there is no difference in their relationship to the nation as a whole. Okay, so it's really just a different word. It's a fancy name. <laughs> what? Why? 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 Was it just like the, the board of supervisors sitting around going, okay, state or commonwealth? We have to decide today if we're going to be I mean, a state or a commonwealth. State or commonwealth. Well, what's the difference? Right? None. Commonwealth sounds cooler. I mean, 
Yeah, that that's what Merriam-Webster said. Commonwealth sounds page. cooler. <laughs> I, right. I mean, that's what it, Commonwealth is a traditional English term for a political ah. community founded for the common good. Mm. Uh, let's see. All are mm. in the Eastern United States that use it. And prior to the formation of the United States in 1776 were mm. British colonial possessions, although Kentucky oh. did not exist as an independent polity under British rule instead being part of Virginia. As such, they share a strong influence of English common law and some of their laws. And so it's an old carryover, basically, from when we were colonies. Old-timey terms. That's fine. It's an old-timey fancy word. My office? State. It's a commonwealth now. You didn't know? There you go. Yep. It's, it's the a, commonwealth a, a commonwealth. Of Grim. It's commonwealth of Grim Green. We, we are the commonwealth. Uh, had a super chat here from Eve. What are you doing, Eve? Uh, I am in NS, Nova Scotia. Oh, Eve's in Nova Scotia. There is legal action against the ban and the taxation, 50 cents per mill. Uh, we could have an injunction in January. I had to close down my shop in September. Oh, man. Fucking A. Ah, I'm sorry, Eve. I'm really sorry to hear that. And e look, e evil women, I call her evil women, Eves, you've been around since the very early days. I remember talking to you on Vapors Forum. Either It was either Vapors Forum or ECF in like 2010. It was like 2010, 2011. Is that how long you've had your shop open for? I'm, I'm really sorry that you had to close your shop. That's, that's horse shit. It's just a bunch of malarkey. And the thing is... I still remain steadfastly confident that all of this stuff is just going to age like milk. Every mm -hmm. vape ban, every flavor ban, every misinformed, well, you know, youths vape at twice the rate that, you know, all the, these lies. For every adult that quits, eight yeah. teenagers start. 18, te 18 teenagers. Yeah. All of that is just going to age like milk uh, because the truth has to win. The science has to win. And, and I firmly, uh, I firmly believe that. Speaking of truth and science, oh, I don't want to talk about Stanton Glance. How much time do we have left? Oh, we don't have enough time to talk about Stanton Glance. Here, let me just show you this real quick. So last week we talked about, now I'm not going to link to this because nobody needs to be going to Stanton Glance's blog. We don't need to be giving no. him any traffic. But last week no. we talked about that uh, study that came out that showed that uh, vaping is beneficial. You know, uh, what did they say? African-American and Latinx. Mm -hmm. smokers that's what they're talking about so right. when it and you know when a study like this comes out i just i'm kind of waiting i'm like i wonder what stan glance is going to say about this you know because it's this overwhelmingly like positive study that was done overwhelmingly positive mm -hmm. and then stan glance does his little thing where right. he downplays the, the the importance of it and then squeaks in his own little merchant of doubt little little thing in yep. there little thing in there so well, let's see what Stanton Glantz has to say about this and he actually I was surprised by this he says this is a well done randomized control trial that demonstrates that African American and Latinx smokers who switch from cigarettes to Juul for six weeks had substantially lower levels of the lung carcinogen NNAL in their urine. So he's kind of like praising it a little bit. 
He says, these results are not surprising because there is already a fairly well-developed literature in carcinogen exposure from e-cigarettes that show users are exposed to lower levels of carcinogens than cigarette smokers are. That came out of Stanton Glantz's keyboard. I know. I know. Whoa. This is likely due to the fact that there's no combustion, which generates a lot of carcinogens, and the fact that e-cigarettes run at lower temperatures than cigarettes. Stanton Glantz? is saying this he praised it even a little bit more he, he talks about uh you know the risk factor of e-cigarettes and how it's it's lower than it is in smokers and he's kind of saying things that we've been wanting him to say for like ever forever like since the beginning but he can't just leave well enough alone no <laughs> he has to he has to add this in there where he says uh in addition the fact that e-cigarettes pose less of a cancer risk does not mean that there is no cancer risk. Ah. There's the but. There, but, indeed, scientists have already induced lung cancer in mice exposed to e-cigarette aerosol for 54 weeks. <laughs> and that's his little, his little dig. Yep. His little, like... This study is a well-done study that is accurate and, you know, less cancer and carcinogens and NNAL biomarkers and all of this is right, except just because... It still doesn't mean they're good. <laughs> exactly. It still doesn't mean that they're good. doesn't mean that there's no risk. We jammed, a, we jammed mice into tubes for 54 weeks and pumped them full of, you know, vapor, right. probably burning cartomizers and they managed to induce lesions on mice, lungs, and that is what he is holding steadfastly to in order to still not be on the side of vaping. Not be on the... That non-side of vaping, it's just shrinking. It's, it's just shrinking, and all these people who are standing on this ledge just keep shrinking. They have nowhere to go. They would rather jump off into oblivion then even hop to our side and go okay i see all the science now maybe i was wrong before let's save lives harm reduction is a thing rather than admit that they just double down on their own horribly entrenched views drives me insane stanton glance so of course i had to see you know we had to see what stanton glance had to say about that uh Still stand by the original study. I'll post a link in the description to the original study that shows that Jules, uh, after six weeks, kept well kept everybody off of uh, off of cigarettes and less NNAL carcinogen biomarkers in their pee in their yep. urine. One of these days, we're gonna get Stanton Glance on our side. <laughs> Are, we? Are we? I don't know. Look, I have no idea. According to him, he'd have to be—he'd have to fall victim of body snatchers. Yeah, in invasion order to... of the body snatchers. That's the <laughs> way I look at him. Such a good impersonation. Inva- of him. Yeah, I watched him for a bunch. You know, I just he watched just him enough that over and yeah. over to that that clip. Just like, yeah, uh, invasion uh. of the body snatchers. Shut up, Stan Glantz. <laughs> No, don't shut up. Just learn. Like, that's all I want from Stanton yeah, is learn. Be better. Be a better. Be a man of science. Follow the science. Come to the conclusions that the science shows you that, you know. Anyway, 
Let's talk about, uh, we don't have much. we got about a half hour left here, and I want to squeeze in the CDC, and I want to squeeze in the Truth Initiative. And so the CDC thing, this is just, to me, this is an example of the CDC and their data and how they present their data, and I, and they present it in the, the least helpful way possible. They present it in the most confusing, least helpful way possible. And so what we have here from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, this is their MMWR, which stands for their Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report. As you can tell by the name, this is a weekly report that comes out. And today they are talking about tobacco product use among adults. Tobacco product use among adults. And when they say tobacco product, they mean everything. Anything that has nicotine is a tobacco product. Liquid nicotine vapor products and gum. Is gum a tobacco product? Have they said that? Have they come out and say no. gum is a tobacco product? No, because it's a pharma product. Ugh. So it's, it's not a medicine. A, it's a it's a medicine. So here we are. November twentieth, tobacco product use among adults. It says in two thousand. I did some. I did some math here. I'm going to double check my math here. In two thousand nineteen, approximately twenty point eight percent of U.S. adults. Roughly 50.6 million people currently used any tobacco product. Mm-hmm. What sent? There's no real information there, but okay. Cigarettes were the most commonly used tobacco product among adults, and e-cigarette were the most commonly used non-cigarette tobacco product. Yes. What is that terminology? Well, non- I mean, they have to make a square peg fit in a <laughs> Yeah, right? seriously. So, non-cigarette non- tobacco product. That's what we're calling them now? Non-cigarette tobacco product. <laughs> okay. Okay, non-cigarette tobacco product. Cigarettes, uh, e-cigarettes were the most commonly used non-cigarette. And they made non-cigarette one word. Non-cigarette. <laughs> non-cigarette. Just one word. Yep. Non-cigarette. Most commonly used non-cigarette tobacco product, uh, 4.5%. The highest prevalence of e-cigarette use was among smokers aged 18 to 24, 9.3%, with over half, 56%, of these young adults reporting that they had never smoked cigarettes. So, so again, that's a percent of a percent. Right. That's a percent of a percent of a percent, I believe, because we're going yes. back to the 20.8%. Correct. So that is Correct. a threefold a percentage of percentages, which yes. in real numbers doesn't sound, you know, they use this 50%. 50% of these young adults reported that they had never smoked cigarettes. 50%. And then you look you at that first math? number and you're like 50 million you. people. Yeah. So here, so here's where I landed. So they're, they're 4.5%. They have this, uh, 4.5% are, are adults using non-cigarette vapor products, right? That out of that 20%, that's roughly 2 million people. Do you double check my math there? Is that right? That's roughly okay, 2 so million people. 50.6 million is what we're talking about. Yeah, we're going, I just dropped the 0.6. I just did 50 million. In all, okay. in all my calculations, I think. Math A over so, here, so. 
around two million, right? Is that what you? Came yeah, up right with? around two million. Yeah, two okay. million. So CDC is saying there are two million adult vapors mm-hmm. in the United States. This isn't. Right. This isn't an age group. This isn't eighteen to twenty-four or twenty-five to sixty-four or anything like that. This is just a blanket two million adult vapors in the United States, right? right? Does that make sense? Okay. So we have 2 million non-cigarette tobacco users. Yes. 9% of those, 9.3% of those are aged 18 to 24. Okay. Right. So that leaves us with uh, about 186,000 young adult vapors in numbers, right? We got some math going on here. Yep, mm-hmm. I'm with you. Right, 186,000 mm-hmm. vapors aged 18 to 24. 186. 56% of those mm-hmm. were claimed that they had never smoked cigarettes, which is mm-hmm. about 104,000 people total. Correct, correct. According to the CDC, 104,000 people who use vapor products and who have never smoked cigarettes. Who are 18 to 24 years old. Who are 18 to 24. Who never smoked. Who never smoked cigarettes. Now, you have to take into account the, the, the whole using of vapor products, right? Is this current use? Is this everyday use? It just says currently use, which under so, CDC guidelines, that means ever current. use, right? Yeah. Well, it means ever thirty-day use, basically. Ever. So within the last thirty days, did within you try the last it even thirty days? Okay, okay. Within the last thirty days, did you even try it one time? So we got a hundred thousand people who, within the last thirty days, have used a vapor product and had never previously smoked cigarettes. Hundred thousand people. Hundred thousand people. Yeah. It gets better though. Hundred thousand people that were never smokers. There are. 200 and 220 plus million people in the United States and we are losing our shit over 100,000 people that tried a vape that never smoked before. That's crazy talk to me. And they make it and without doing the math, you won't come to these numbers. You just go, you look at their percentages and you go 56% said they never smoked. And you just see that number in your head and you go, that must be a really high number. 56% of these kids, kids, young adults, 18 is an adult, mind you. We're talking about adults here. This isn't even a youth issue. 100,000 never smokers who might have possibly picked, who might have uh, picked up a vape. I think their vapor numbers are drastically under underrepresented. Yes. I think that's a, the really lowest the lowest end of end of the ballpark. And even if you say that, so we're stuck on this 9.3%. I can't get past this. 18 to 24 years old, 9.3%. That represents 186,000 vapors nationwide. The opposite side of that math that they're not telling you is that that still leaves 1.8 million vapors over the age of 25 between the ages of like 25 and 65 that's where the majority of these vapors you know the majority age of these vapors is over 25 years old but that's not what it says here and that's not the information that you get out of this you have to do that by doing math and then subtracting and going 
Really, it's only 100,000 people? That means that leaves 1.8 million vapors over 25 years old. Don't worry, it gets weirder. Oh, oh. It gets weirder it, when they start talking about smoking. Part. <clears throat> it's, Can I do this part? I want to Sure. Do part. First thing I want to show you, look on your screen right now. Just the, it's just a wall of text. I don't know yep. who this report is intended for, if it's just for scientists or doctors or teachers or someone who has the ability to go through and disseminate all of this information and know what every little star means. And this isn't for me. This isn't for you. This isn't for us. This is just pure data that I feel like they're just, no one will double check this. You know, no one, no one will double check this. <laughs> but they do talk about smoking, cigarette smoking. Here, we have to go through all of these charts first. Go through all these charts. We got to get down to this chart. We got to get down to this chart. And again, even this chart, figure two, cigarette smoking status among current adult e-cigarette users by age group. Even this chart is very, very misleading because you look at some of these bars and you go, well, 60% of 18 to 24 year olds aren't cigarette never smokers. That's not accurate. 60% of 18 to 24-year-olds are never cigarette smokers? That's not what the data above just said. This is an exaggerated view of their percentages of percentages of percentages data, right. which is why it looks 56, a lot worse. than 56% yeah. basically. So, I mean, that's probably lines up with 56. It looks like 60 because uh, if you drew tiny yeah. lines... I yeah. mean, I've done a lot of bar graphs. Like but I even, can see that representing 56. Even when you look at that big bar, it doesn't that doesn't represent a number. That just looks like a big a big tall bar. You know what I mean? Like you have nothing to to base right. this on. What's it's the scale? Saying, There's no right. scale. And it's not it's not saying like 50 to 60% of all of them. It's of the of the of the of the and that is not yep. translate, you know what the, I mean? Of the, of the, of the. Right? Like, of those who currently use a tobacco product, of those who use an yes. e-cigarette, of, of those, those who were 18 to 24. However, moreover. Right. <laughs> so really, that really tall blue bar represents, like we talked about, 100,000 people. 100,000 people. And we're flipping our shit because there's 100,000 people in the United States that never smoked a cigarette, but they had the audacity to pick up a vapor product. But that's not even right and, either. But that's because, not even right either. <laughs> because the best part about this, okay, if you read the little star, <sighs> right, there's an asterisk under Ast this graph. Asterisk, yes. And if you read this, because I'm telling you guys, this is where the good shit is hidden. you got to read the asterisks, up. okay? Yep. It says... Adults who had smoked, uh, excuse me, less than or equal to yes. 100 cigarettes in their lifetime. Oh, no, that's the wrong one. Let me see. Basically, adults who had not smoked more than 100 cigarettes in their lifetime were classified as never cigarette never. smokers. Never cigarette smokers. Think about that for a minute. That's what, five that packs of cigarettes? Sure, so if five you packs. Smoke five packs of cigarettes you are a never smoker never smoker in this world of the cdc which is just seemingly arbitrary in every way if you vape once a month you're a current vapor but if you vaped 
five or if you've smoked five packs of cigarettes, you're considered a never smoker. Never smoker. Yeah, I don't know. I just want to peel my face off and like this is you know, and this goes back to we don't get we get targeted messaging. We don't get any useful data. We don't get any useful information. We get this weird targeted messaging where they're doing this science and they're just playing by their own rules. You know, they're just playing by their own rules. Oh, you smoke five packs. You're a never smoker. Yo, you vaped once. You're a current vapor. And based on those, now here's the data. You know, that's like the context of it. It's so, (laughs) I, I'm infuriated. Okay. And here, here's the thing. This is not an uncommon way that researchers classify people, right? Because you have to have a line somewhere, right? Sure, sure. People try things, right? If you tried one cigarette your whole life, I wouldn't call you a smoker, right? No, that's not. So they decided that the line was at 100 cigarettes. 100 cigarettes, eh, you're not a smoker. Here's the problem with that is when you (laughs) classify someone for public health policy purposes as a never smoker and you say that they are using another product, you are completely like not representing the appropriate behavior risk profile. No. Because when normal people hear that, they think, oh, somebody who would never touch a cigarette ever in their lives has picked up this product right. as a problem. Right. That's not what that means. These people, some of them, at least we have no idea how many, but at least some of them have picked up a cigarette. They have that risk behavior profile. They were willing to experiment with smoking. You cannot call them a never smoker. That mm-hmm. is a complete and total misrepresentation. Mm-hmm. I get it from a researcher standpoint, like I under kind of get why they, but that has far-reaching consequences and implications when people are using this data to create policy. Like, it's not accurate. No. It's not accurate to say that, oh, all these people never touch cigarettes. Or or even say would have never. You can't 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 say say that that either. You can't say would have never. That's No. Right, Dylan, exactly. If I overdose less than five times, I'm never, you know, a drug user. Like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, they need a category for like casual smokers, right? Yeah. Because there are a lot of people who socially smoke or casually, you know, only when they drink. Sure, sure. Yeah. This is still harm reduction for them if they are switching to that instead. That's still harm reduction. Still harm reduction. completely lost the way that they've worded and you know put this data out like completely lost yes and i hate completely lost and i hate this terminology that the cdc uses where they say every day or some days like we can't just get they can't on a survey say how many cigarettes did you smoke this month how many 20 30 just a number instead of Oh, well, I smoke some days. That's the most vague bucket to put information. Some days. Right. Every day, some days, some days. That's a that's like a, a marker. Oh, well, he was he's in the some days. What's some days? Every other is day? That one day? Every three days? Yeah. What is that? Every day and a half? I have no idea. And the thing is, when they have these huge buckets that they're putting data in, they ex- you know they don't expect you to be able to follow this down to a, to a T they don't expect you to come to the math of 100,000 people no. 
at all. They don't. They want you to look at that 60% looking bar graph and go, yeah, and go oh my whoa, God. yeah, 60%. Holy, look at that. Look at that. Now, I mean, never even minding the real success of this graph, which is the almost 80% of 65 year you know 65 year old former Older. cigarette yeah. smokers yes yeah, seriously that are all now not going to get lung cancer lung cancer emphysema copd you know brain aneurysms heart disease and stroke that's the, that's what we should be celebrating instead of right. mourning this made up bar of 58% of a percent of a percent right like what I want them to do is put this in the perspective of the entire population. Right? Yes, if that's you put what I the want. Entire that's population, what I want. That blue bar graph becomes yeah, a microscopic sliver, sliver. It's nothing. It would be a nothing. They could put this people out of a country. I don't know how many adults there are, but our population is like what three hundred million six hundred. Yeah, I can't two, remember two, what the uh, U.S. population. U.S. population is uh, two hundred and twenty million something and some change. Something I like think. That. Yeah. 220 yeah. million. So like 100,000 from that number. Yeah. Like, and whatever of that is adults, like, you wouldn't it, be it able wouldn't to see even it on a notice graph. it. Yeah. And so that's the, see, that's the graph we should do is like, uh, deaths from other causes, like, uh, traffic deaths. It's like, right. you know, 2,500, 3,000 people die every year from traffic mm -hmm. deaths, you know almost 800,000 people every year die from suicide. You know, we should make this graph and be like, look at these huge social issues and things that are really bad. And then here's your sliver of non-smoking people that picked up vaping. Non, non, non smoking. -smoking. Yeah. But it's not even true though. It's not even true. They might be smokers. They could, they could be. be. But we've just decided that. But if like, it's less than five packs, that doesn't really matter. They're just a non-smoker. That, that's not They're smoking. just a non-smoker. A hundred cigarettes. Yeah, that's a hundred cigarettes. And you could like, a hundred cigarettes could last you like six months. You oh, could you could even. smoke for like a year on a hundred yeah. cigarettes. And what, you're going to tell me that's a non-smoker? Somebody yeah. who's Well, the CDC is. The CDC is. Um, like having like two cigarettes a week or whatever it is for a year. But that's, that's a non-smoker though. Yeah. That's a non no, not even non-smoker. That's a never smoke. Do no. not use never unless it is literally never. <laughs> I feel like that word isn't really open to interpretation. No, right? it is definitely never, not. Never always never. means never. And never always means always means never. always, right? Never and sometimes always. Means sometimes. <laughs> like, you know. Some no. days means some days. I'm telling you, that's the graph we need to do. Alcohol deaths, car crashes, suicides, drownings, like all of these huge things uh, against the population of the United States and then get to smoking and vaping. And yeah. I mean, you couldn't even put, you couldn't even, it wouldn't even be a dot like the middle school 2018 vaping, you know, what was considered an epidemic wouldn't right. even be a dot. <laughs> it's like less <laughs> than a percent. Even be, yeah, it's like a half a percent. It wouldn't even be. It wouldn't even be a dot. Wait, what if we did that math? Wait. What if we on. did what math? What if? Are you gonna try okay. to whip out a chart right now? Not a chart, but some math. Okay, so if if they're saying, wait, I need a notepad because that's how I do math. Okay, so they're saying twenty. 
Oh, I don't know if I can do this live. This is a lot of pressure. Okay. Math pressure. 20.8% of US adults yes. equals 50.6 50 50 mil million. 50.6 million people, yeah. So we should be able to extrapolate what the total population is then, right? <laughs> I mean, if someone was more talented at math than me, then yes. Okay, wait, let me think about this for a second. So it would be 20.8 <laughs> .8 over 100 equals uh, 50.6 million over X. And then we solve for X, right? chat are you guys i guess yeah i've never okay. I, I i in my math experience i've never purposefully said the phrase solve for x okay that's not so a if i if i cross thing. multiply with my table that would mm -hmm. be 50.6 million nerd 100 nerd and then we would divide nerds by 20.8 and that gives us 243.2 and we should be working in millions. Does that sound right? 243.2 million adults in the United States? How many? 243.2 million adults. That sounds pretty close. That sounds close, right? That sounds damn close. Okay, so if that's how many adults there are, and 104,000 of them are 18 to 24 year olds who never, never, never smoked, smoked, but right? did vape which could mean vaped once and you'd be a current current user um addy tooney in the chat from holly house 237 million usa 2017 and that's not including the million oh i added I deleted that idea it's okay i didn't get to see that that's okay addy tooney do you have to learn this vape in case no you don't have to i mean you don't have to learn the math danielle's trying to do the math for us Okay, I think I might have figured this out. Hang on. So if I do, I'm just going to double check my math here. Double guys. check your math. Because you always double check your math. But remember that, everybody. If you, if anybody asks you if you're a smoker, you can just say no if you've smoked less than five packs of cigarettes. You're a non-smoker. I'm going to go smoke five packs of cigarettes just for the CDC. I'm going to film myself smoking five packs of cigarettes from beginning to the end, just repeating on a loop. CDC says I'm not a smoker. Next okay, cigarette. I think I've, CDC I think says I'm it. not a smoker. Next cigarette. CDC says I'm not a smoker. Double cigarettes. CDC says I'm not a smoker. I'm only at 80. I'm never smoker. Yeah, never, never smoker. smoker. I have never smoked as I smoke. Okay, anyway, what's okay. your math? Okay, so... Of the total U.S. adult population measured based on census data and this kind of stuff. Sure. Uh, we are looking at this 104,000 people situation is, I believe, 0.004%. Oh, 0.004%. Is that even, that's not even, that's nothing. That's Point zero. Zero, zero. That's 4%. a hard short. That's not even statistically that's a, significant. That's a teeny, teeny, tiny. I, you know, and I want to see, that's a good number to have. That's a good percentage because now we can look at what else. I mean, we have to have some things to compare this to, right? On this big graph we're doing. Oh, sure. So what, I mean, I'm assuming more people die from like peanuts than that. How many? 
<laughs> how many people how many adults died. died from peanuts oh how about choking on food that's what Google yeah choking on food i was shocked by automobile crashes oh let's do it let's do that choking on food is actually not that let's see according to this in automobile crashes 5200 people died from choking on food uh let's do die from auto crashes car. the number that i got was 1.2 million people are killed every year in the united states from car crashes Holly House, you smoked 17 million cigarettes before you quit vaping, before you went through vaping? <laughs> no, I just read that number wrong. I know it's not 70, 17 million. 1.3 million people worldwide. Oh, worldwide. Yeah, that's worldwide. I think in 2017. Okay, so for U.S. fatalities, we're looking at around 35,000 a year. Oh, still? 35,000 people a year dying from automobile accidents? Mm-hmm. But Should like, ban we're cars. also comparing things that people are like, because 104,000 people using a product is not the same thing as 35,000 dying from it. Right, so right, like, right. Our graph, right, you know, that right. our bar would be higher than like that bar, for example. Right, 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 yeah. But I mean, like, so we can do it. We can do it in the CDC way, where we use percentages of percentages and make okay. our graph look really good. There you yeah, go. Yeah, there is some of that misinformation to our uh, to our benefit. Oh my, yeah, wow. you guys. This is a taste of what I spend my day doing whenever we get a new, yep. you know, percentages. National Youth Tobacco Survey out or something like that. Percentages. I'm like, okay. Percentages percent and multiply and solve for x, and I have to draw it out so I know which ones cross in algebra. Well, I'm sure it's all worth it. It's just uh, not for me. It's just not for me. Math is not it's for okay. me. I'll do it. It's fine. Math is not for me. Um, well, we are winding down here, uh, and I do want to talk about the Truth Initiative. So let's spend the rest of this stream talking about the Truth Initiative because the Truth Initiative, stupid. The <laughs> truth Initiative sucks butts. Um, and this all started from a tweet that they sent out. Let me try to find this tweet real quick. Uh, nope. All right. The animals one? Yeah. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Uh, this tweet got sent out. The Truth Initiative. And this wasn't even tweeted out by the Truth Initiative. This was tweeted out by Sound and Fury. I, I'm not sure who they are. Breaking news. <laughs> animals. Like it does sound like Animals against human testing are out in full force to protest Jewel. Uh, when one of the funniest campaign castings of the year is for a great cause. So this whole like real fun little gimmicky thing that Jewel did was animals. Did. Yeah, the truth did. Sorry, not Jewel. Not Jewel. <laughs> the truth did was animals against human testing. And so then they, they got this celebrity dog who's a pug. And it's, it's like Doug the pug and Doug's like, yeah, I hate animal. Te I hate testing on humans. And Jewel is bad because they tested their products on humans and we're against human testing. And they got Doug and then they interviewed rats, rats against human testing, animals march against Jewel. And I look at this shot, this picture of the orange microphone coming down to interview a little rat that's holding the little sign and it says animals march against Jewel. And I can't help but think, who, who is this for? Who are they targeting with this advertising? 
because I don't know. I don't think adults would really take it seriously. I can't think of any like zennials or millennials or 20 somethings or that would look at that and, and take that seriously. I can't think of like a youth or a teenager that would necessarily take rats against human testing seriously. I don't also know because we test on them. So why would they? Yeah. Advocate why would they us? like it doesn't even make it doesn't sense. even make any logical sense why they would be why they would be against it. I just pictured like the truth initiative, whatever, you know, meeting room. And they're all they got this idea. What about animals protesting, uh, you know, testing on humans? And then they all go, oh, that's so clever. And we're so clever for thinking of that. You know, look how clever this is. My God, look at this. Look how clever. And then other tobacco control people go, oh, look how clever they are. That's such a clever little campaign. And let's pat ourselves on the back for being so clever. And, oh, that's so clever. And you think we're clever too? Well, we think you're clever. And we're all just so clever. Meanwhile, they're accomplishing zero all they're managing to do is spend money, which don't even trip. They have plenty of. Oh. I don't know who this is for. And if these truth rats against human testing saw what real rats went through to get tested on, I don't feel like they'd be standing there holding a little sign trying to protect us humans when we take a mouse or a rat and just jam it in a tube and literally and like incinerate its lungs. Yeah. And incinerate its lungs with, you know, burning atomizers and burning cartomizers for 12, 13 hours at a time for weeks on end. And they're plugged in this little tube where it's literally like sealed on the end with tape over the end of it. And this is how this mouse will spend its entire life. It will live inside a tube being force fed, horrible, burning, I can only assume horrible burning cardamizers. And even just looking at this, like I'm not some big animal rights person, but that's that's cruel and unusual. That's weird to live your whole life as a mouse jammed in a tube, inhaling whatever they're forcing you to inhale for hours it's and like hours and in hours a water on bottle. End. It's kind of gross. It's kind of gross. It's kind of a little bit it's kind of a little bit sad. I mean, again, not a big animal rights person. Don't care so much for mouse or rats. Uh, it's whatever, right? It's whatever. I mean, but I'm from are, a science family and like they can be very useful to help yeah. people in medicine. Right? Yeah. But they're not, it's not a one-to-one, -one, right? Something that happens in a mouse does not mean it's going to happen in a human. Like that's not a thing. That's right. It's like the precursor to precursor to like, will it murder a living organism? Yes right. or no? And we if have, not, perhaps we could proceed. Right, right. And we have got... We've got plenty of valuable data from mouse and rat uh, trials and experiments and things. And it's like, sure, sure, maybe we make these 50 rats suffer their entire life. But the trade-off is that now we have whatever, uh, a therapy penicillin or, or whatever, yeah, fucking penicillin, you know. some sort of uh, antibiotic that now it's going to save tens of thousands of human lives. Sure. Like maybe it's a necessary evil for vaping. I don't know. Why are they? I don't know. Because mouse mouse trials on vaping t don't take into account humans are already so using many it. I know it doesn't take into account so many things like use patterns and dry puff conditions and keeping your thing. What you know? I feel like they had this existing infrastructure of animal testing stuff that maybe they did with cigarettes, and they said, "Oh well, we'll just use this really old." 
technology and we'll apply it to vaping and we'll just run right. the test the same way that we would, you know, Jeff, jam the mouse in there. Yeah, all the way in, two mouse, right. all the way in, turn on the machine, hook up an e-cig. Well, let's break for lunch. We'll come back in a few hours and see if the mouse is uh, alive not or still anymore. It doesn't take into account the human aspect of it. And uh, sure, if we learn something from mice like, you know, burning a cardamizer at 80 watts with no liquid on it, and that's what you want to learn from mouse experiments, then, you know, sorry about, I mean, sorry for the mice, but you didn't really get any good information from that. No, I could have told you that as an adult. Yeah. Like, as a human being, I could <laughs> yeah. have told you it don't feel good. You probably don't want to do it. Like, that's yeah. the dumb thing. Like, we already have... Like a lot of times in medicine, animal trials are used as a pre, a way precursor to human trials because you right. want to make sure that it's safe and ethical to attempt to use on a human. Mm -hmm, but with mm -hmm. vaping, humans are already using them. So we know that we're not dropping dead from it. Yep. So I'm, a, I mean, maybe smarter people than me would have legitimate reasons for doing animal testing, but like, why not, you know, use people who are already vaping and like, observe them and you know yeah i don't i don't know like a just, an observational I, study or a randomized control trial something like I that you know I on don't. humans on humans yeah, see how far a human is willing to like dry hit that's not you're gonna get one and they're gonna be like i'm out bitch yeah like, done oh, not doing Zero. that anymore or they they might even be able to predict it i can predict it as a vapor I can you go oh that, that, my next hit next gonna one's be a not dry gonna hit. be good yeah the next exactly. one's gonna be unpleasant if i don't drip Right. So we know. So that's where the truth initiative, that was their, whatever, that was their stupid thing. And so that got me on this like truth initiative kick where I thought you guys are useless. You're giving out no information. I don't even know who you're trying to appeal to. I don't know anybody that's going to take that shit seriously. So I got on the truth initiative website. You know what the truth initiative mission is, Danielle Jones? If you don't, uh, probably, I'll read it to you. Yes. Truth Initiative is America's largest nonprofit public health organization dedicating, dedicated to a future where tobacco and nicotine addiction are things of the past. Our mission is clear. Achieve a culture where young people reject smoking, vaping, and nicotine. Yep. What? <laughs> what? Whoa. I mean, when there's no more dragons left to slay... You got to make a dragon to slay. And I think it's yep. nicotine. Because it used to be a smoke-free world. Right. Smoke-free world. Yep. But now be. it's a nicotine-free world. Now it's just, now they've pivoted the Truth Initiative, the Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids, the American Heart Association, the American Lung Association, the American Medical Association. They have all pivoted from combustion which we know is bad and we know is killing people and everybody's getting emphysema and everybody's getting lung cancer and everybody's dying. We, they pivoted from that when it started, you know, people stopped, people started quitting smoking with vaping and they just went, nope, now it's nicotine. And now addiction is bad, period, mm -hmm. regardless of the harm, regard, you know, nicotine is bad. It's kind of addictive. And that is our mission that is that is ridiculous to me. I I you yeah. know ever, knowing everything we know, I can't help but look at this and just what nicotine? You want a nicotine-free society where youth reject vaping and nicotine? 
That's insane to me, Truth Initiative. That's insane to me. The Truth Initiative does need to go away. The problem is they're really never going to go away because they're so well-funded. Oh, they loaded. Oh, they loaded. They loaded. So before we get to the American... Uh, legacy foundation mm -hmm. which is which they find you know that's danielle's the fact checker here but the american legacy foundation is what started the truth initiative that's what they used to be basically they used to be the american legacy foundation right right so the american legacy foundation got money from the master settlement agreement correct that's the, how it was created right that's how it was Right. That's how it that's how it exists. And so they created the American Legacy Foundation and then instantly right after the MSA got this huge billion dollar settlement payout from the master settlement agreement, which mm -hmm. became the American Legacy Foundation, which be, which then became truth. And they started right. the truth initiative in Florida, I believe, was the first okay. state where they rolled out like the truth initiative might be was in Florida and the American legacy are ripe, ripe with cash, ripe with money. And their, you know, their mission is to secure that funding. That's what they, that's what they do. They aggressively try to, to go after funding. So, you know how CASA, like every once in a while, it's like, hey, we're having a CASA fundraiser and we're trying to raise some money for advocacy and to keep our doors open and we hope you guys donate. Right. That's what they do, but that's not all they do. They aggressive, they pursue aggressively investments, you know, in the stock market and they yes. want that's billions they, honestly, and billions of dollars and billions of dollars. They were smart investors, right? So a portion of the master settlement agreement went to creating the American mm -hmm. Legacy Foundation. Mm -hmm. And then in uh, 2015, they changed their name from the American Legacy Foundation to Truth Initiative. Mm -hmm. And with that initial seed money that came from the master settlement agreement, they put that shit in the stock market. And they were real smart about it. And now they yep. have, as of 2016... More than $957 million in assets. $957 million in assets for what, by their own admission, is a nonprofit public health organization. What? Yep. Why? Why does a nonprofit public health organization, A, need that much money? <laughs> B, where, where are they spending this money? On what? It's this. I'll give you a hint. It's the salaries of the people that work there. Uh, the the current head of the Truth Initiative has some ridiculous over half a million dollars a year salary. That's where this this money's getting spent. That and demonizing. I mean, <laughs> yeah, in part they also have the uh, Schroeder Institute, the Truth Initiative Schroeder Institute. I'm sure that costs a pretty penny. Yeah, so they can have their own biased research. In fact, here let me read this. Uh, this is from Reason.com. It's just one of my favorite things. I realize we are going a little bit over time right now, but that's okay. Reason Foundation is just one of my favorite places. I I I love the Reason Foundation. They're just uh, you know whatever. It's a it's a freedom thing. It's a libertarian thing. Uh, but I found this article um, dating back to 2007 
where the American Legacy Foundation was at the forefront of the news for money laundering. Oh, money laundering. Yes. The American Legacy Foundation, an organization dedicated to building a world where young people reject tobacco. That used to be their old mission statement. Right, right. Requires that public health schools where its grant recipients work avoid the taint of tobacco industry money. This is rather odd, says Michael Siegel, because the American Legacy Foundation itself is almost entirely funded by tobacco industry money as a result of the 98 agreement that settled state lawsuits against the leading cigarette manufacturers. Not only that, right, MSA. They started with MSA money, which is tobacco tobacco money. money. But yet they won't give a grant to anybody who accepts any tobacco. But money. they won't. Yeah. But they won't give a grant of their tobacco money to anybody else that accepts tobacco money. Oh, what? <laughs> it's okay for me, but what? it's def not okay yeah, for you. De- definitely okay for me. But yeah, I mean, threat of, of prison otherwise. Essentially, what Legacy is saying is what Legacy is doing is so valuable that taking tobacco money is justifiable, but no matter what anybody else is doing, taking tobacco money is completely unacceptable. Yeah. How's that for a double standard truth initiative? Right. That's hypocritical AF. Okay. Hypocritical as fuck. They're corrupt. They're filthy. They use corrupt, filthy tobacco tax money to, to fund all of their all of their crusades against less harmful vapor products. Um, Truth Initiative is is not our friend. The Truth Initiative is no one's friend. Even if you're a non-smoking, non-vaping, suburban teenager, they are not your friend. Truth Initiative is not your friend. There was one other thing on the Truth Initiative website, if we're going to talk about hypocrisy, mm-hmm. that I ran across a while ago, they have this whole huge report from 2016 uh, on the Truth Initiative website called Rethinking Nicotine and Its Effects. Nicotine removed from tobacco smoke is not as harmful as once was thought. A recent Truth Initiative white paper reminds us nicotine by itself does not cause cancer. While it may contribute to heart disease and other health problems, Nicotine is certainly much less harmful than tobacco smoke. In fact, nicotine can actually provide some benefits, such as improving attention and memory. This is on the Truth Initiative website, where in their mission statement, they say they want to stop people from using nicotine. And then they released a report that said nicotine has benefits like improving attention and memory. So hi, welcome to hypocrisy. All available at the Truth Initiative. We need to rethink nicotine and its effects. This is Raymond Naruya, the Director of Science and Training at Truth Initiative's Schroeder Institute. Mm-hmm. The author now, of this he was, article. He's in the, uh, n- the You Don't Know Nicotine movie, I believe. That's Ray, right? Yeah. Because he used to work for them. I yeah. He's yeah. on the poster. That's Ray. So he switched more to well i don't know if it was switched but he's more on our side now i mean he's i think he's fairly objective but he sees the science right but i believe he used to work for them yes yep the most addictive form of nicotine is inhaled in tobacco smoke 
In contrast, nicotine replacement therapies that help smokers quit, such as the patch and gum, do not pose significant risk of abuse. New nicotine products, such as electronic cigarettes, likely fall somewhere in the middle. Sure, I guess so. The worst thing about nicotine is that it drives people to smoke. If we can move smokers to less harmful nicotine products, then we can save thousands of lives. That is on the Truth Initiative website. Yep. If we can move smokers to less harmful nicotine products, we can save thousands of lives. Why? What's the Truth Initiative trying to do? Just confuse people? I mean, I confuse think the people problem and make is money. that was their stance pre-vaping, right? When they wanted to get in cozy with pharma, right? Because ah, NRTs, right? NRTs. That is their go-to, like, Excellent. oh, you need to quit smoking with NRTs. You need Now it's like Chantix and other stuff too, right? But it was primarily NRTs, especially when they were prescription. Yes. So they're like buddies. So there's this whole crazy, if you look at the history of this, there's this crazy like movement where you've got tobacco control people initially trying to educate the public that nicotine isn't bad because they mm-hmm. want them to use gums and patches to quit. But then vaping comes out and then they completely flip like, and now oh, they're like nicotine is the nope. devil. Now nicotine's real bad. Right, now it's real bad. <laughs> we were trying to tell you before that it wasn't that bad because we wanted you to use the pharma products, but we don't want you to use the vaping yeah, products. Don't now. use the like, vaping, yeah. I, w- I want to know, like, can someone call, like, you know, Johnson & Johnson? Like, what do you think of this? Yeah, you what do you think is going nicotine? on down there? How do you feel about this? How do you, you feel know, about this? this? Uh, unreal. It drives me insane because <sighs> the Truth Initiative is clearly uh, in danger of becoming irrelevant. That's the way that I see this. With so many people switching to vaping, we don't need the Truth Initiative anymore. We, we are I mean, well aware of the harmful effects of tobacco. We don't need you guys to stop people from switching from combustible tobacco cigarettes to vapor products, which they want to do anyway. You're just trying to stop them. They right. want to do that anyway. We have the lowest youth and adult smoking rates of all time in the history of America because consumers are naturally gravitating towards a very appealing and very effective uh, alternative to deadly combustible tobacco cigarettes that is vaping. The Truth Initiative's goal should be much like the Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids goal, which is to become irrelevant. They should be striving for a time when they go, that's it, we're out of money, nobody's smoking, well done, you guys, high fives all around. But that's not the goal that they're going after. The goal that they're going after is to control you as much as they can by telling you not to t- not to vape nicotine, nicotine, nicotine. And the more that we learn about nicotine and the more public information that gets out there about nicotine, it only makes the Truth Initiative look that much more foolish, 100% more foolish. Uh, makes me insane. So, yeah, there you go. That's the Truth Initiative. They're bad marketing their worst hypocrisy name ever by worst name i know worst name ever worst the truth initiative they could have called it everything uh, but yeah everything but the truth initiative they could have called their it, new name i can't even think of a good i can't even think of a good burn right now but man i could burn truth initiative real bad right now i just can't think of anything good so i'll just say shut up truth initiative 
Just, sh just shut up. Shut up and stop trying to keep smokers from switching. So they're hypocrites, ripe with cash, may have been accused of some light money laundering. You know, I'll, I'll leave a link down in the description. Truth Initiative might have been involved in some light, uh, some light money laundering going on there. But uh, I think that's going to bring us now here to the end of Tuesday Bro Newsday. One more time. There's a lot going on out there, you guys. We're trying to keep you as updated as possible. We're going to do some deep dives into a few different things, uh, you know, FDA, CDC, regulations, and the such as. I appreciate you guys being here to help be a part of the cause, keep fighting the good fight. I don't think I saw any more Super Chats come in. So I will have a links down below in the description of this video to literally everything we talked about. Literally everything we talked about, including... It's that new CASA website. Going to have that link down below. Get excited, CASA. You're going to have a flood of users to your site today. <laughs> I'm ready. Right now. Bring it on. So anyway, that's where we're going to go ahead and uh, wrap this Tuesday, bro, Tuesday up. But like I always say, thank you guys so much for coming out. I, I appreciate it. Uh, it's nice to know that we got some allies that are down to fight for the cause. You guys are here every Tuesday, and we're all just trying to get as educated as we possibly can so that when that moment comes, whether you're on Facebook or Twitter or YouTube or live broadcast television, you're a guest on the Tucker Carlson Show, which could happen. You know what you're talking about, and you can speak to these facts directly and confidently, and that's really the goal. We're trying to educate uh, as as many people as, as humanly possible. Anyway, I'm just rambling now. Thank you guys so much for coming out. Really appreciate it. Uh, I'll be back here Thursday. We're doing a big vlog stream this Thursday. So get excited about that. And remember that no matter what anybody tells you, vaping is at least 95% less harmful for you than burning those deadly combustible tobacco cigarettes. So thank you, Danielle Jones, for being here. Appreciate you and your fact checking and your casaness. And my every, math and your math. I know. Solving for X, which is something I've never done. Never. Literally. Literally never done. Stick with me, kid. Stick with yeah. We're gonna be solving for X all over the place. All day long. <laughs> all day. I, all day. I could do this all day. Remember that vaping is an order of magnitude less harmful for you than burning deadly combustible tobacco cigarettes. So yeah, you guys, no matter what's in your hand, let's keep on vaping. Be excellent to each other. Peace out, guys.